Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the show. Rick Roberts here. Thanks for listening to the School of Last podcast. Today, we're going to go back in time and revisit some questions that were asked by students after a live class here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I do want to apologize. This episode comes out a day late uh, due to my crazy schedule. I've just not been able to keep up with things here lately. I've been promoting this movie that I'm in, which is requiring me to go to these different red carpet uh, theater premieres, which are all nice and fun, but it takes a lot of time, and I haven't had time to hang out here in the podcast studio and get things done the way I like to. But uh, it's all good. Mayberry Man is now available on Amazon Prime. It's out in different theaters. If you want to make sure you get a chance to see it, you can go to MayberryManMovie.com, and there you'll see a list of theaters that are currently running the movie. You can request the movie to come to a theater near you on that website, and you can watch the movie trailer on that website as well. And if you're really into The Andy Griffith Show, uh, I think you'll dig this movie. It's not a remake of The Andy Griffith Show in any way, shape, or form. Basically, the plot is a Hollywood hotshot actor gets sentenced to attend a Mayberry Festival as punishment for a speeding ticket. And he's hanging out at this Mayberry Festival, and there's all kinds of characters that are tribute artists roaming around the festival, like you would see, like Comic-Con people dressed up. Well, there's Mayberry Festivals, Mayberry in the Midwest, different things going on that are really uh, that really happen. And this movie's based on kind of what happens at those festivals and this art. You know, actor who's thrown into this fish out of water story and how he interacts with these people and learns to slow things down and treat people a bit better, just like they did on the Andy Griffith show. So I get to be the Barney Fife impersonator in the movie. It's a lot of fun. I think I counted it up. I wanted to know how long I was in the movie. The movie's an hour and 38, and I'm on screen for 22 minutes, y'all. So if uh, if you want to see what that's all about, again, you can check out MayberryManMovie.com. You can go to the YouTube channel for Mayberry Man. There's a Facebook group, Mayberry Man, uh, all kinds of stuff you can follow. Or you can just shoot me an email if you want to know more about it, schooloflaughs at gmail.com. Again, thanks to our sponsors for this show, which uh, this one is Josh Liston from Down Under. Thanks, Josh, for supporting the podcast through Patreon. You all can learn how to do more uh, about that if you want to, if you go to patreon.com forward slash school of laughs. All right. So I mentioned this episode is a flashback, and this is uh, questions asked by students after a class. Uh, They ask questions about how do you handle when you lose your voice during a show? Are there pros and cons to using props or musical instruments on stage? Oh, yeah, there's both. And what happens when you have trouble memorizing your jokes? And so I uh, tackle all those questions, and we answer those, and we tell some uh, fun stories in the process as well. So I hope you dig this episode. I'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next one. And uh, from from now on, I'll try to stay on top of it and get these out the day that I'm supposed to, the 1st and 15th of each month. Hope you enjoy this flashback episode. Once again, we're after a class here in Nashville. We just finished our second of the three writing classes that we put together in one big group. And we've got a few people hanging out after the class, going to ask a few questions. How are you guys feeling out there tonight? All right? Let me hear you. <laughs> so, uh, 
it's cool that we have a bunch of people here in Nashville like to take the class. I know a lot of you listening are all over the world, and I appreciate that. If you ever have a chance to get to Nashville, great place to hang. And uh, always hit me up and see if we're running a class while we're here. If not, of course, the online class is out there for you guys now, too. Yeah. But we like to do these questions and answer sessions right after these class to kind of get the energy of the current students in your ears <laughs> and get things right between your ears out there listening and find out what's on their mind because it's not always what I – I'm thinking that they want to know about. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of things falling in the cracks between the writing and performing and business stuff. So yeah. uh, we've got a student. Uh, let them know who you are and let us know your question to start us off. Hi, this is Diane Kelly. And I actually have two kind of open-ended questions. The first is about using props. When is it good to use props? When is it not good to use props? Um, that kind of thing. The second question is, I watched your um, Barney Fife video on YouTube is hilarious. <laughs> oh, thank you. And just thank kind of you. some pros and cons of doing impersonations or coming up with a character like Minnie Pearl. What are the advantages and disadvantages of something like that? Great. I love pros and cons questions because there's there is both sides. Yeah. And you know, I've been at this for twenty three years, so I'm also gonna kinda give you the point of view of what I kinda feel from the booking agents and stuff, which is probably more important than my own point of view sometimes on some of these things. So let's start with the props. Pros and cons. What, Gavin, what would you think would be a, a pro of, of? Well, as a drummer, I would think you. I have to carry my gear everywhere. I would think you'd have to maintain. You have to keep the props. It has to. You have to know what you're doing with them. You carry them around airports and stuff. Is that a pro or a con? <laughs> That's a con. That's a con. <laughs> Listen up. I don't know. Guy with the earpiece. Yeah, there's a, the the downside is a as Carrot Top learned back in yeah. the '80s. His entire act was inside a club in Alabama, and it caught fire, and he had to get all new stuff in, like, three days. And literally, the hotline was out to comics anywhere, hit the thrift store, helped me out, and helped replenish my prop box. So... So carry a fire extinguisher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't leave your stuff at the club first. Yeah. Because uh, that place is, you know, a lot of these clubs could go up any minute. Uh, <laughs> take, a, take a look at this place, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so there is the downside. Let's start with the downside first. A lot, it's high maintenance. All right. You've got to stay on them. You've got to keep them fresh. You've got to keep them usable. A lot of props have moving pieces and can get broken, all those things. So it's, you've got to always stay on top of it. When you're traveling, initially you're going to be in your car nine times out of ten. Not a big deal. But as you start flying, unless you're flying southwest, that's going to be an extra 35 bucks for every trunk case that you're going to check on that plane. So the, the cost of traveling and dealing with that is going to go up. Your free time is diminished because when you're working the gig, you're going to have to get there long before the show is open to the general public to set the stage with your props. You're going to make your props take center stage with the other acts that night because rarely do you have time to clear the entire props off the stage so from the opening act to the headliner let's say you're the middle act your stuff is on stage unless you can really condense it down to a quick box or bag lord that could be dangerous if you leave a prop on there with another comic coming on after you well, let me just let me just tell you oh. i've seen it happen to where things get broken things oh. get taken or misplaced yeah and i see this with magicians too sometimes comedy clubs are open to all kinds of performers and there's a lot of comedic magicians and as you're working your way up you're going to be in the middle spot before you headline right most headliners do, i won't say most but a majority <laughs> yeah, i will say most 90 percent of the guys that i worked with um hated for any of the acts before them to have anything on stage to bring somebody on stage to do magic to even talk to the audience because they wanted the showroom perfectly set for when they hit the stage now when you're a headliner you should be able to overcome anything in front of you that's why you're closing the show but by and large headliners didn't like it the club management if they had to get there early to open the doors they don't like that 
Uh, they just don't. You know, it's just one of those things. Now, so keep it small and, and portable. I would say keep it small and portable. Okay. Now, if you're doing props in the corporate market, that's a whole different ball game because you're not working with two other comics normally. You're, you, right. You've booked yourself to do the one hour, so whatever you can do, you do it. And you might have more leeway to set things up, a bigger stage to work with. Most corporate shows that I do have a much bigger stage than I do at a comedy club. Oh, okay. So, and those props could, could be behind the curtain until you even need them. Okay. And you could even opt not to use them if the show's going great and you don't even want to do that part of the show. So lots of things. Now, and it feels like a show sometimes more when you have all that stuff and you've got it, things. You it know. does. It does. And some crowds, they do like bright and shiny stuff. Yeah. And it's, that's all they're going to react to. <laughs> so it's not bad to have some of that in your arsenal. Uh, the other downside, though, when you go to record a CD, which I know sounds ancient in the world of MP3s, but let me tell you, if you've got a CD, you get airplay on Sirius XM and Stitcher and all these other right, places yeah. where you can get paid for your material. If it's props and it's visual, it doesn't translate to a CD. Oh, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that. So you're you're shortchanging yourself on some of the money that you could be earning. Okay. Yeah. So just something to think about. If you even think about guys like Gallagher, I know we've got a, a Gallagher fan over there who's seen many shows and sat in the front row. Uh, even though he had a lot of visual stuff where he's slamming the watermelon, he still had a lot of jokes. Yeah. So you still hear his stuff on, on a the A lot of jokes, play. a lot of crowd, uh, crowd work as well. Yeah. Okay. Now, let's jump back to the pro side of it. You will set yourself apart from 90% of the comics that are out there because 90% are just standing on the mic telling jokes. So people might remember yeah. the lady that had the props more than the guy that just told jokes. Yeah. If you have a great prop that you can make on the cheap and sell as a souvenir after the show, you've won some of that money back that you lost by not having your stuff on the CDs. You've got an item you can sell after the show. Yeah. Okay. I know a ventriloquist uh, that sells a couple of his... I know I shouldn't call them puppets, but whatever they are. <laughs> Sorry, ventriloquist out there. Um, dummies. The, dummies or yeah. the creations. Let's go with their creations. Um, they'll sell those after the show, and they sell them online. They sell great, and it's supplemental income. Yeah. So that's a pro, too. So okay. what, what I'll say nine times out of ten on all the extra things you bring into a show, when you first start, the management and the other comics are like, ah, oh, Really? You're only doing three minutes, and you need to have props. Yeah, you got to get a come on, get an act. Yeah, and even when I first started, and this will go into your next um, question about music. Actually, be Darren's question about music is: it's great to have an act without the other stuff first, because what if your props don't make it to your show? Okay, and that happens sometimes. I mean, I I saw a post recently from a friend of mine who is another ventriloquist. Yeah. And he was performing in South Africa, and Delta lost his two trunks. <laughs> and so he was going to have to hold up a sock puppet and do his show. Oh, wow. But luckily they got there like five minutes before the show started. It's the same thing. Um, now I, I heard on a, uh, another podcast that, um, and yes, some other do, podcasts do exist. Um, Are you cheating on a podcast? <laughs> Come on. But uh, the guy had his hour-long show that was all hooked up to a PowerPoint presentation, and the, and the yeah. photos were sort of the punchline and the stuff that he was riffing about, and no photos, no, it got sure, erased or point. whatever, and all of a sudden it was like, hey, do you have an hour's worth of just stand-up without this stuff? And it was like, no, I don't. Wow. And it was like, okay. holy cow. And so then you're... 
you're either really good or you are really in trouble if you don't have that. And that's, that's what it sounded like to me that that happened to him. So, so yeah. limit your variables that can go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because listen, even when you were just talking on the mic, there's a lot of variables that can go wrong. Uh, everybody that walks in the door is a variable and they can all go wrong. And, and you, of course, can have off nights and many things too. So uh, pros and cons, weigh them out. Second part of the question was about... Impersonations and characters. Yeah. So hmm. I... Because I do an impression, I, I just do a couple, uh, but the Barney Five thing I've done for a long time. Even when I started doing that, people gave me a lot of grief about it. Uh, I guess there was one or two other comics out there at the time that were doing them. I'd they never it heard was derivative their... Derivative or why? What's that? They thought it was derivative or... I guess they thought it was derivative and they thought, here I am uh, having fun with a character that people already like and is funny, so what am I bringing to it? Um, so they're bringing him to events. That's the way I, that's the way I looked at it. So, so on stage, it was I got a lot of grief early on, and then it kind of became one of the things that people knew me about, knew about so me, and looked forward it. to seeing. Yeah. And if I took it out of my show, some people would complain about it, like I, I brought my mom here to see that, or my buddy here is a big Barney Five fan. Uh, the good thing about we'll go pros and cons again. It gives you extra gears to go into. Okay. You know, I, I can stand on stage and do an hour, no guitar, no impressions, and deliver an hour. But I always think of, if, if I'm in the audience, what do I want to see? Because really, I am my audience every single show. Yeah. And if it's not interesting to me, it's not going to be performed very well. Right. So I like to add the elements. Um, even if you don't do impressions or music or any of those other things or props, in your toolkit, you should have emotion and angers and di- different things you can go to. Right? Ang- I got anger. He's got a lot of anger. You might want to work on something yeah. to offset Happiness. that. Happiness. But... Uh, with very few exceptions, can a crowd sit there and listen to somebody for an hour in the same gear the entire time? Okay. Now, you, that one gear might be incredible, and that's all you need. But your show should also build. Even if you only have one incredible gear, there should be a bigger payoff at the end mm-hmm. than throughout the rest of the show. You have to end with the big fireworks. So for me, having the impression at the end was one thing they hadn't seen, didn't expect, uh, yeah. or were expecting and hoping to see. Right. So either way, it was a payoff for them. And it was just something that... I mean, I kind of get into it, so I mean, I yeah. take on the face and everything, and it's, whoa, I, I didn't know that was coming. Well, and there's also the other thing um, where I guess that's an uh, an impression of someone that you know, but then when you're doing your act, you may do an impression of your daughter or of your sure. son, or but and that still has to be like sort of acted out with the same intensity that you would do the other character in, because <laughs> it's just not going to work otherwise. Right. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, now, now the... I guess one of the downsides... I was going to do one of my wife right then, but I, d- I decided... <laughs> you're you're not, getting better. I, I pulled back. I pulled it's way back. not an episode unless back. you bring your wife into yeah. it and, and make another reason for her to divorce <laughs> oh, you Lord. after just a short year. Uh, the other downside, I guess we could say, with um, characters or impressions is, you know, sometimes your voice isn't there to do it. You know, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I actually had a, a question emailed today from one of our students that couldn't make it here, Todd, was asking, what do you do when you've got a cold or a cough or a sore throat and you still got a show going on? Because really, it should be the absolute last resort that you cancel a show because it throws the club into a tizzy trying to find somebody usually. If it's a corporate event, it's a whole different ballgame of, oh my gosh, we got 1,000 people or 500 and what are we going to do? So uh, to answer Todd's question really quick before we wrap up on yours, <laughs> there's a, a T out there called throat coat. Throat coat. And it literally coats your throat so you don't feel the pain when you swallow. When you get the sore throat, you feel that pain. And so yeah. you, all of a sudden you don't drink stuff because you're drying yourself out. <laughs> so that will help you hydrate. 
and lubricate your throat and you can also get past the pain part of it to where you can actually speak and it lasts quite a while singers use it all over nashville i didn't hear yeah. about it till i moved here does it help with dry mouth Just yeah dry all mouth of that okay. all of that right. and if you can't get access to that warm before i go on like i had an incident last december holiday party old building that they're using for conferences and conventions and and stuff like this and my voice is pretty much shot and before the show even started asking for a whole pitcher of scalding hot water so by the time I got on stage, it cooled off a little bit, but it was still really warm. And warm always instead of cold water. Okay. Uh, water, room temperature with no ice is, is better than ice water. Ice constricts, warm expands, and you want your vocal cords to expand. Yeah. That's, so, that's a good little tidbit there. Yeah, so okay. that's bailed me out of... Ask singers. Singers know it because they got to yeah. perform, you know. Okay. But there's no way I could do the Barney Fife with a cold if I didn't have that. Yeah. Because he's got to get way up here and get way back down there and come back around, you know. <laughs> So it's one of those things. Well, that was great. Very good. Thanks. Cool. Hope Thank we answered you. all the questions. Darren had one that kind of piggybacked on yours, and I think it's a good question. It kind of goes in the same category. Yeah. So. Hello. What do we got? Nixon. And uh, I was wondering the pros and cons of when to add music to your act, and uh, when is it okay in your career to introduce music into your act? All right. So this is, I think, a lot of the same things we said about props as yeah. far as the way it's perceived by the other comics, by the management. Oh, i got to get here and do a sound check for the MC. you got to be kidding me. Or for the guys doing a three-minute guest set, you got to be kidding me. That's a lot of negative stuff. When I first started, the very, I probably told the story before, but my first night I didn't know I was going to a comedy night. I went to an open stage night at a restaurant. I was the first guy up. I found out after I got done it was a comedy night. I went to play guitar. I played three songs. Bridge over troubled water, which got no reaction. <laughs> but I thought the crowd was at least patient, you know. Then I thought, okay, it's Sunday at 10 o'clock. I'm an idiot. Why am I doing Simon and Garfunkel? I broke into Be- Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. <laughs> Still, they're waiting. I didn't know they're waiting on a punchline, but they're yeah. just waiting. And then I said, well, what do you guys want to hear? i got three more minutes left. They're like, how about something funny? They didn't say it quite that nice, but they said that. <laughs> I had written a song in college. It was kind of funny. I played that. And they kind of chuckled, and I walked off stage, and the guy was like, did you even know it was a comedy night? And, like, I literally almost threw up. Oh, God. I was, like, embarrassed. (laughs) I love that. And he he said, well, stick around because you get a couple of sandwiches or whatever, drinks or whatever, for for going up on stage. But come back next week because it's a competition. Now you're in the competition. (laughs) Because you are going to be the punchline. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I walked off stage, and there was about 20 comics that were in this competition. And these were guys that either had been on TV already or they were just starting like me. The whole range, big open stage, open mic night. And a majority of them said, dude, come back next week now that you know what it is, and don't bring the guitar. I mean, they, oh. they were almost like the mafia, let's go out in the parking wow. lot and break your strings, kind of like, get an act, and then if you want to add the guitar, do that. But they saw it as an unfair advantage, because if I could write a funny song, it was something that they didn't have. Right. So I at least knew that, but I also thought, you know what, these guys have been doing it for a while, why not get an act going? Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to get my act and I emceed without playing my guitar on stage, developed a good 30 minutes where I could pull from a lot of different material in that MC set. When I got bumped to the feature spot, then I would ask the, the, the club before I went in there, do you mind if I bring my guitar this time around? Because most of them didn't know I played. Yeah. And half said, yeah. Half said, no, wait till you're headlining. So I would just do what they said. Really? Okay, so they, yeah. Because wow, yeah, they had that thing where, because here's, well, here's the thing. And there's brilliant guitar players that are really cerebral. That's, not the norm though most of the songs they get the crowd fired up turns the crowd into a yeah kind of environment <laughs> and then if a, a smart or a cerebral or a slower paced headliner comes on stage it's tough for them right 
And it's, and honestly, you're not doing the right the right job as a feature act to set up your headliner if you're blowing them out of the water gotcha. with catchy rhymes that are, you know, whatever. So the perception is, really, wait till your headline and do all that. But I was also keenly aware, living in Ohio at the time, that if I could record these songs, then I could get airplay on Bob and Tom and different radio stations, even when I wasn't right. there. And then people that heard the song would come and check out my show, and I could develop a following, and I could sell CDs with the songs. And lucky for me that I recorded uh, six or seven CDs dating way back to the early 90s, and they're all on Sirius XM getting airplay, which creates royalty checks. So it's a smart thing I did by still recording stuff. Right. And even for my first day, I still wrote songs. I just didn't do them on stage until I got into the feature spot. Wow. But I had stuff ready. And I could try out different songs and kind but you of. still have to show up and EQ the guitar. But I still have all the downside. Gotta, yeah. And I'm the guy lugging the guitar through the airport because I don't want to check it because they're going to crush my guitar. Yeah. And a few times that I've had to check it, uh, it's either been crushed or lost. I've There's some up, guy behind a soundboard that you're going, could you take the 2K down a little bit? Yeah, and he's yeah. like, what are you talking about, dude? Right. Yeah, I'm showing like, up. You know, yeah, I mean. <laughs> yeah, so, tons of positives with music. Um, but it's all those same negatives as props. It's like, it's, do you want to create the friction early? If it's all you're going to do, then they're going to have to get used to it. You know, right? Uh, here's, but here's another thing that comics don't like. We, if you've got props or you've got music, it's almost impossible to make you the MC because the show has to be set up for that stuff to work better. It's hard to walk on stage as the host of an event and start doing props and guitar stuff. It's like the crowd is, needs to be warmed up. Right. So most clubs want an MC that can do material, a little bit of crowd work, get the announcements right, and set the stage. Hmm. But I highly recommend <laughs> getting the, the music stuff going, even if you're not doing it on stage yet, and developing it and working it out at the open mics or whatever. So when you do, it could bring also it be in, YouTube videos. It could be nowadays. You know, I mean, it's stuff. not. It doesn't have all to be stuff. just geared towards stand up. You know, right? So uh, I love. I mean, I love all the extra stuff. You know, I said before, my, my goal was to be Steve Martin when I first started. Yeah. I'm nowhere close to even doing physical humor now, but I like the fact that he had all these different gears. He had magic, he had pantomime, he had the music. With the, I mean, he plays banjo so well, he's, yeah. that's and what props. he's doing. Yeah. So here's a guy that did everything that, that I say people look down on, Yeah. But he could only headline. I mean, who's going to follow Steve Martin even right. when he first started? It's just so different. Yeah. So do it, introduce it as you get the permission to, and... But have yeah. the regular stand-up yeah. as the base because right. you're going to need yeah, it. <laughs> real portable. Yeah, make it as portable as possible. I've used my son's little bitty first act guitar sometimes because I knew I had to fly and I couldn't make the connection. I was afraid they were going to lose it. I've carried that thing on because basically the guitar doesn't so, have to yeah. be funny. It has to be functional. Right. So there's ways to kind of shortcut it a little bit. Awesome, thanks. E excellent uh, question. On the throat thing, mm -hmm. uh, grapes because, uh, are really good because it's the same chemical makeup as your saliva. Hmm. Grapes. Saliva lessons. Room temperature grapes, or do you freeze them? <laughs> oh, no. Saliva temperature, temperature grapes. It's like the cold and hot thing. Just, just room temperature grapes. You drink water, it could kind of strip it a little bit. If you drink too much of it, you know, it's My throat. throat's good. My right. throat is now feeling <laughs> all this mental is, stuff. I'm yeah, like, <laughs> you're trying to get a Cabernet over here, Gavin. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what you're going for. Just, a, just a regular grapes, it's a good Excellent. I'm gonna I'll, I'll try give it. that a shot. I'll t you don't try it yet. Let me try it, and then All like right. you know the key <laughs> taste my food. Yeah, Make right. Sure I don't exactly. Choke on the mic. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, cool. Thanks. Let's see. Who would like to come up next? Do we have a another Who's question in? that? Here we go. Yeah, she's walking towards. We've got one coming she's up. She's walking. One of my all-time favorite. I call my uh, Hall of Fame students. Oh my goodness. 
Yeah. Hello. I'm Cheryl Jackson. I don't know who he was talking about, but anyway. Um, <laughs> my question is, or um, is cue cards, I'm terrible about not trusting myself to remember at least 30 minutes of comedy. Um, it's probably because I'm over 50. I'm just now starting to get bookings where I have to do 30 minutes of comedy. So I, I stick a cue card in the corner. Uh, is there a way to get past this? My goal is to not do that. Or is it a horrible thing to do that? All right. That's hmm. a great question. Wow. And it's, it's great that you even asked that because uh, a lot of comics go a long time by bringing lots of notes and stuff on stage. And so it's tricky. It's, it's great. I mean, it's phenomenal. You're getting 30-minute sets now. But yeah. I know the pressure because Holy cow. It's, it's a lot to remember. And if, if one joke goes down, it's like dominoes. And it's like, you know, until I get my first laugh, I'm not sure I remember the rest of my jokes. But when I get the first one, I relax. I got pretty much total recall of right. all the stuff I've done and I can get it in there so here's a few things that can help you out and then we'll talk about whether you are going to get yelled at for using cue cards <laughs> or not uh, some memory tips which I think ties into uh, another question we had coming up so we'll just combine these two memory tips that I use one I try to make logical flow of my show so one thing naturally leads to the other so I don't jump into something that is A too complex or they wouldn't understand without knowing the other stuff first and I try to be extremely – my show almost, to me, looks like an hourglass in the sense that I start very broad and wide. I uh, talk about myself and self-deprecating stuff, that, stuff they can't contest, everybody can laugh at. And then as it goes on, I get a little bit more narrow focused and a little bit more specific with some jokes. And then I want to branch it back out towards the end and end really broad and wide so I get the huh. maximum laughter. So I start getting into the core stuff that I might think may be a little trickier or harder to pull off and then branch back out. But I try to make it to where it all makes sense logically. Like I wouldn't be talking about my kids until after I talk about my wife. You know, different things like that. I set up where I'm from, so I talk about being in Nashville, which leads itself to music jokes and those things before I talk about where I live in Nashville, 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 and the crime that affects where I live. Where I live. And that affects my choice of buying a home with my wife and where we put our kids in school. Like it's almost like I would introduce myself to a stranger, the same kind of facts. So it unfolds that way. Right. Not everybody acts is, is autobiographical, <laughs> autobiographical, uh, but that's one way it helps me. Here's a, a tip a friend of I mine really uses. Like that, by the way. Good, good, because it can work. I think a lot of people can use that to their advantage. Another is just to get used to looking at one word and knowing five minutes of stuff. All right. So say you have five minutes talking about country music. I mean, you could easily just put the word country music, and you can think of all the stuff that's going to come in there with. When I do a chunk like that, I have a country music chunk, and a chunk for me is three jokes on the same topic, and those three jokes turn into a bit or a chunk. So I always talk about somebody new in country music, somebody I grew up with, and somebody that's doing it wrong. And so those three people may change next year, but the order will always be the same. So I can just think of you know who's new, right? Who's you know somebody I grew up with, and who's doing it wrong, and it's every year there's another person that's doing something wrong or acting up. If you do a pop music bit, you've got even more people to pick yeah. from right that's that's more craziness in that world <laughs> so i always have that logical flow of where does it go from here another thing i try to do is once i get it down to the word is i just test myself and trust myself <laughs> and excuse myself if i get six out of eight that's fine <laughs> if i get six out of nine that's fine i'm still going to cover the base same amount of time so uh, give yourself room to fail a little bit in each section 
and, and I think it takes the pressure off, and you'll remember more stuff with less pressure. I had to do that. I mean, even though it was like literally my first time at the open mic, I was so panicked that I started just like OCD writing my things on these index cards, like word for word for word. And then I started trying to do like just one sentence, and then I had to group it into. Um, I was kind of doing. I had some jokes about my eyes what they were doing and some leg stuff and then and so i kind of grouped it as like okay here's like a physical part and then i then i went into like depression and stuff like that in in the five minutes and literally i had to go like it was like about my body my mind and then it went into the marriage stuff so it was like it it had that flow so i knew at any moment i could if i totally forgot everything else i could just kick into the next the next step and that was that so was super helpful Definitely, I, I did. Yeah, I did. My my at the end, the card that I took up with me, which was one card, and it just said literally, I think eyes, legs, eyes, depression, Pinterest, and that and that was Good. it. And and <laughs> yeah. but and I looked down at that card a few times, even though I knew what was going on. It was just just enough, you know. It wasn't everything written out. It wasn't a big notebook or anything. I mean, literally, I had it on top of my phone that I sat down on the stool you know that was there yeah couple more tips and then we'll talk about whether it should be a cardinal sin all together <laughs> but if if when you write your material you make the tagline the last tagline in one of your bits set up the next chunk of material then it will yeah. naturally trigger the next joke like you'll get to the end of this bit and the, the last line sets you up perfectly for the next so like and if you do this over time say you had nine different bits Say they're three minutes apiece, so you get your twenty-seven minutes. With, you'll have more than three minutes of laughter in there, so you get the thirty-minute <laughs> set. Yeah, yeah. So put your nine cards on the table and think: How can I get from this one chunk about country music to talking about my marriage? Find one line that can get you there. Or what if it went the other way? Would that line, same line work from the last line of that joke to that? Right. Make connections to every card you have, so no matter where you get, you've got one sentence that can get you back to the next. And that's that really has bailed me out a lot of times because I'll get, you know, I'll know I'll know what my first few jokes will be, uh, and I, I know my logical order myself. But sometimes something comes up and I want to jump on it. Something maybe the crowd will say something, or I'll just think of something. I want to explore it, but I'll come back, and by having those connectors, it helps. One more memory tip. This is something that uh, I've used a couple times, but I think it's really interesting. A friend of mine does ninety-minute sets sometimes. Ninety wow. minutes. I'm like, 90. and it's a new hour or hour and a half almost every year and a half. Jeez. Wow. I'm like, how do you remember all that stuff? <laughs> so once he has his chunks, he thinks of a room in his house and puts the chunk in the room of the house. Oh. All right? So if it's all, maybe you've got a chunk of material about your family. Mm-hmm. On Literally, when you go home, you put on a piece of paper family and you put that in a room in your house. Oh. Tack it to the wall. If you've got a different joke, chunk of jokes, put that in your kitchen. So if you're on stage, you can't figure out where to go next. Just walk into another room in your house mentally, man. Know what that room is in your material, and your material's there waiting for you. Crazy, huh? The 30 minutes is terrifying. She's. Yeah. I'm not even doing the 30 minutes, and I'm terrified. I was like, oh god, what would I say in yeah. 30 so minutes? So then it comes down to: should you bring them up? I think they're there to see you. They have to see you because you're you're the person on stage. If you need them to get through, do it. But you know, trust yourself to maybe not. My first challenge would be don't look at it in the first 10 minutes. You might be doing fine, not even think about it to the 20-minute mark. But Oof. try not to look at it after everything to see if the next thing is right. Yeah. Just move on to the next one that comes into mind, and you can always go back and catch up on the end. 
and eventually just try to get it down to as little as you can. It's my next milestone. Yeah, and it takes, it. and and all guys, it, I mean, the last Ricky Gervais special, he had a prompter, and he'd yeah. walk over to it and look at his joke. So I'm not saying it can't be done. You can't be a big name without it, but I think Mark Maron maybe did it on his stand-up yeah, special. So I was trying to think he brought it up that he was like. I just I'm know when I pay full price to see somebody, I want to see something that they've got n- nailed down. Yeah. Unless they say specifically, I'm, I'm experimenting tonight. Come and see me work it out. So shoot for the Thank best. You. Do what you can. <laughs> <I'm done>. Thank <laughs> you. All right. Any other Who's questions jumping up? I think I anyone? had one or two that was Bueller. Handed. Did you have a? Yes, we've got one. Here we go. We've got a walking question coming right on up. What's on your mind, Rocky? Hey, my name's Rocky Banks. Kind of to dovetail on that last technique that you're talking about. Um, have you used this? Because I've used it successfully, not for necessarily comedy, but the locations. And then also taking, so like looking at your entire act as a monologue, because you've written it out, you've really worked on it. You want to say those words exactly like you wrote them down. And then pinning in those rooms something crazy. So if you're talking about your ex-wife, you and she's big, the whole thing is this big up thing about your ex-wife, she's going to be 10 feet tall, and you're going to picture her barely fitting through the door of your vestibule. And then you just kind of start touring around your house that way. And I, I actually memorized a whole chapter of something one time just using that technique. So if you use this and and because I guess my question is the stuff that you've talked about so far on memory has really left a lot of room to not say it exactly the way you've mm-hmm. worked it out and we've put all this you know work into learning here in this class about condensing and all that kind of stuff so how do you I guess memorize your act and make sure that you are saying it exactly the way you want to say it. Yeah, that's a good question. And the the reason that in the writing class we really stress getting it down to the bare bones is because no matter what, you're going to expand on stage <laughs> naturally, filling in the gaps and trying to connect the dots and creating segues. So what I want to do initially is not have anything that's going to double the length of time between the two jokes. Let's get that joke down as tight as it can. And if you can say it that way, it's going to be the best. But leave yourself some room. I mean, five seconds here and ten seconds here adds up over a longer set. Or a in, shorter in set fact, is even it, more it important, right? it adds two minutes to your graduation set is which right. what happened like, to me. Yeah, I, went from went three, I went from way three over. minutes to five because I was like, I had the stuff written down. I mean, word for word, like, this is good stuff. And then I got up there and it was like, honestly, it was the funniest thing because I, it went wrong because I got laughs. Like that's what threw me. Right. I got laughs, and then no all of a one sudden, expected I was like, laughs. I no we, one. No, really. I didn't. I'm like I'm, my head's against the door. Gavin's getting was, laughs. Yeah, this it's literally incredible. that's what threw me, and that's the what threw works. the memory because because I was like, oh, uh, yeah, and then all of a sudden it started feeling good, and then I was like, hey, I'm saucy right now. Like I'm getting yeah, some you, laughs, and then you get cocky and, and forgot then, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And so it was it was tough, you know, because that's what threw the memory part was was actual laughs yeah. which was hilarious i mean <laughs> well, but I mean, how would you do it? i mean we're just starting out mm-hmm. and you've talked about in previous podcasts how you're just adding one one thing new at a time when you talk about with some of your professional colleagues and you guys discussed you know you only add one thing new at a night to kind of you know liven it up for yourself mm-hmm. you talked about that and also 
you don't want to take a chance. Right. And so you're trying it out. But but here we are. We've got an entire three minutes to get ready for next week. How do how would you go about memorizing that that three minutes? I would I would try to keep it no more than five topics max. All right, because five topics means five setups that are going to take a little longer. No, no, no. So I, I've looked. So at you've the, got your cue cards all out, and I and I feel like, to the best of my ability, that I've done what you've. Okay, I've got I got the I've answer for you. Words. I like what I've got written. I feel good about it, and I know it's going to work. How would I? Actually, how would you go about actually memorizing? Okay, that three perfect. Minutes? From here on out, now that you've got it, it's up there. Test yourself a little bit. I would literally walk into a room and turn on the TV and the radio mm-hmm. and be watching the TV and listening to the radio and saying your act and see if you've got it down that good. If right. not, turn off the TV and just listen to the radio and try to do your act. Every time you hop in the car, do your act as you're driving. And over time, you'll start to find the words that are most important. You'll actually shave a few more words off and change a few words to say it like you normally say it instead of write it like you would write it. And you've still got time in the next eight days to have some fun with it. And I think you, if you do that the next three or four days by the weekend, you'll have it oh down. Oh, my gosh. That works And then so you well. can have fun with it and actually think, what could I do next if they're really laughing hard right here? Is there something I can act out? Then you've got those spaces to play in and the confidence knowing you can get right back on track. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So have fun with it. I, I'm really looking forward I, that to seeing it. That was my favorite technique pulling away from the performance class was the was – trying to do the act with uh with the other audio sources going on the radio and the tv that helped me really like get it in my mind yeah because not to scare you but when you're in a crowd there's maybe a hundred different things that could be taking your focus away so if you can work on focus now just going where's the where's the bathroom yeah where's the that's like and then our last question today from lorna is at what point should you line yourself up with an entertainment lawyer (laughs) and I've done this for 23 years, and I've yet to line myself up with one. But if somebody was coming to sue me, I would immediately go get an entertainment lawyer. Or if I was going to sign with a major agency, I'd probably have somebody signed yeah. up on my side just checking out the paperwork. Uh, so, uh, if you're doing scripts and that kind of thing as well, you know, then you may need somebody um, yeah. where you might have some legal you know, issues and stuff like that. Right. So in 23 years, I haven't needed it yet. But if I was definitely going to sign a, a long-term contract with anybody, I would have – I'd go get a lawyer. Yes. And I would have them look at it. Yeah. And even if everything looked cool, I'd have them make four or five changes. Yeah. Just to kind of let them know I'm serious business. Yeah, absolutely. Highlight some things. Um, <laughs> because we see, I mean, again, here in Nashville, the Dixie Chicks, their contract, uh, they had a major court battle and had to go yep. null and void on that. Tim McGraw oh. with Curb had a major yeah. issue. And these are people that jumped in. They wanted to get famous fast. Mm-hmm. and left a ton of money on the table once they proved it's they no were the joke, real deal. And it's so, permanent. <laughs> so not yet. Or, or if the patent trolls come along and try to shut down podcasting, which they're they're trying to do. They ain't gonna, it ain't going to happen. I don't think so. Not going to happen. I hope not. But they're out there. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, if you have more questions you want to send in the podcast, yeah. uh, schooloflast at gmail.com. There's a School of Last Facebook page. You can actually get on there and see some of the faces of people who are getting ready to perform in the graduation show. Yeah. Like that. At School of Laughs on Twitter, and all the rest is at the end of this uh, podcast yeah. in the outro. But it's Stitchers, all right there. iTunes, Stitcher, go, iTunes, and the last subscribe. two episodes will always be on SoundCloud. Do yourself a favor. Go subscribe. That's right. Subscribe so it's right there. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Everybody, say good night to our people listening out there in Radio Land. Good night. Uh, thank you.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Good to hear Gavin's voice again. And uh, those students, you know, every time I hear a student say their name, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember the class, and then I can see them all together there. Like, I kind of know groups of students. So when I hear one student's name, I'm like, oh, yeah. And they had these other 13 people in the class with them because I kind of remember everybody in groups. And hopefully I'll have time to do some more group classes in Nashville and beyond here uh, sometime soon. It's just crazy busy right now. That is going to do it for this episode. Again, if you like The Andy Griffith Show, you might like this movie I'm in, Mayberry Man. And if you live in Central Tennessee, you can see me at the movie all in one place. It'll be at the Capitol Theater in Lebanon, Tennessee on October 23rd. You can go to uh, the website for the Capitol Theater or just search it on Google. It'll pop up. You can go to MayberryManMovie.com and all the theaters that are showing the movies are listed there. That's an easy way to kind of go find this place that I'm going to be at on the 23rd. Again, thanks for listening. Thanks to Josh Liston for supporting the podcast. And I'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Stay safe. And stay funny, y'all. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.